gym is a thing of the past. My yeah, muscles well, are brittle. You can come work out with me. At the Planet Fitness. Yeah, you can have Pizza Fridays. I'm not. I'm not doing Pizza Fridays. I, I have literally never been there and seen pizza there. I don't know that that's really a thing. It definitely used to exist. If it doesn't I don't currently think they do exist. it anymore. They should never have done it in the first place. Like the only thing I've ever seen there is the little bowl of Tootsie Rolls, and I think I'm okay if I eat one fucking Tootsie Roll no. after my workout. No, you can eat a Tootsie Roll after your workout. It's really good for you. Get your sugar level back up. I'm gonna get a bag of Tootsie Rolls and keep them here. Don't do that. Leave them but at the gym and have one. They're just for post-workout, though. <laughs> You're not working out here. You're working out of there. Yeah, well, Get them right there. Why are you raining on my parade? <laughs> I went to the gym one day this week. Not raining on your parade. <laughs> just saying, you know. I, we introduced candy into the house. We're both going to be fat as fuck. I'm going to die. Diabetic <laughs> coma. I see, I don't believe that because that ice cream's been in the freezer for like a month now and you've not touched it No, once. I know myself. I'm an alcoholic and that's where I get almost all of my sugar. <laughs> if I started candy, I'd fucking gain 40 pounds. Well. And I'd never sleep again. That's not what this show's about anyway. That's not what this show's about anyway. <laughs> Adam's family? It's not about that either. Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the badass bitch back in the gym, Kristen Bloom. I am back in the gym. And we're here to bring you another edition of the two, 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 sta, 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 two, two, two stays. But first, you want to give them some motivation? You want to hit them up? Uh, you're back in the gym. I've literally only done one day, so. But uh, you're back. I'm not the most motivated ever. But um, I'm following like a, a fitness, like a female fitness guide. And um, I have found, because I think before in the past, whenever I would try to go back to the gym, I felt like, oh, I got to get right back into yeah. it and go right back to where I was. And I have found um, her program eases you into it. So my first day was a pretty simple workout that yeah. I could easily dominate. Like you're supposed to lift, you know, the max amount of weight you can lift and properly do the reps. So you're not supposed to go in there and just be a little bitch about it. But um, I did feel like after I left the gym, like I crushed it and I felt confident and I was like, I can totally do this yeah. week. This you, week is going to be a breeze. <laughs> you came back in yesterday, buzzed to the fucking gills on pre-workout because <laughs> yeah. you were, you're, you're it was such a short workout. Yeah, your first week is only like four or five exercises mm -hmm. per workout. You, you drank mean, your regular amount of pre-workout from back when you were in there a couple of times a week. <laughs> yeah. And I'm used to, I, I don't think I've ever gone to the gym and only done like a 30 minute workout. I'm used to even whenever I'm rusty, like staying for at least an hour and, mm. Uh, yeah, the first, I think, two weeks of her program, you're, like, basically only there for, like, half an hour, and it's only, like, four days a week, and you advance up to longer workouts and more days a week, so um, I have actually found that's boosted my confidence, so, Good. yeah, if you're trying to convince yourself to get back into it, she recommends, like, kind of easing yourself into it so you don't plateau, and yeah. your body, like, you know builds up more resistance over time you don't so. want a heavy lactic you know yeah. right in your first week or you won't go back yeah, yeah. i literally obviously uh did not lose any weight because i've only been one single time so far but like i came home and i was like yeah i feel stronger i feel better <laughs> i feel like i'm crushing it it's good for you and i'm gonna be getting back in really fucking soon because Kristen went over there and determined what we've been told was a lie no i don't need to wear a mask while i'm lifting weights it's asinine so yeah. i'm yeah i'm gonna be getting back into it in my next 
break, hopefully. Yeah, they uh, do recommend you wear it while you're walking around the floor. That's a good move. Yeah. But but if my fear was that I was going to be doing a bench press and with a mask on, not being able to like suck air if I need to on my first week back in. <laughs> yeah, my first... <laughs> crushing ex- myself in the throat. <laughs> my first exercise... Uh, for the arm day was sit-ups and I hate sit-ups or not sit-ups uh, push-ups like, that's a weird arm exercise <laughs> push-ups and I hate push-ups period but she lets me do knee push-ups that are little what is your deal will you guys settle Jax is fighting Winston which what? is in the history of Jackson Winston never worked out in Jax's favor um she lets me do knee push-ups which is nice so I can be a little girl about push-ups because <laughs> I hate push-ups but I was thinking that too I was like wearing a mask and doing a push-up is gonna suck yeah but you don't have to, so get your ass in the gym. God damn right. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm I can proud tell, of you. tell how excited you were when you got back in yesterday. Granted, you look like you I just was... did three lines in the bathroom. You're yeah. Around. I, like, and that's <laughs> hilarious, too, because I don't think I've, like I said, ever left the gym. I was off work all day, so I was as chilled as I was possibly going to be. And you're like, do you want to do all the things? So I was like, Jesus Christ. It's like living with a drill instructor. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever left the gym. Um, like I said within less than an hour whenever I've taken pre-workout so that was kind of weird like I was like leaving to walk to my car and I still had that tingly sensation in my skin and I was like I feel like I should be doing more I should probably go back in and do some more let's do the whole set all over again yeah, let's go ahead let's go hit the treadmill I'm gonna run to I puke <laughs> so that was weird I'm gonna have to half my dose next time for sure but anyway well, I'm, I'm proud of you I'm excited to see where it goes and we might see another podcast deem up in the near future with Kristen as a motivational there you go Goggins character yeah, no. no as soon as you uh as soon as you start going back it's just gonna make all of my workouts look so puny and well, pathetic but then i might just stay as a fat fuck on the couch why even bother i'm in great shape right now i'm not in great shape <laughs> i look atrocious but <laughs> i'll be coming not. back for you baby because i want you to love me um Aww. <laughs> Aww, this week we're here to talk about 2019's polaroid uh not a great film not a great film. What looks worse than my better Polaroid. <laughs> Actually, it looked pretty good. It, it was it not was very good. It was kind of a pretty film. I'm going to bring back that term. Kristen's pretty, pretty shot. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll start with IMDb because they were a lot more optimistic. Uh, IMDb gave it a 5.1. Yeah. I disagree. I have no idea how they even thought that was possible. Um, Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a zero. That's closer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the audience gave it a 29%. I feel like, yeah, I'd go 29, 30-ish. Probably. I, 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 I wouldn't be that forgiving. This <laughs> ended and I was unaffected on all levels. I was like, that, Maybe was, that was dog shit. What, <laughs> that was what would you terrible. give it? I'd... I don't even feel bad about saying it because they gave it a zero, 15 to 20. <laughs> I'd be like, you had like one cool, like I liked this concept, but it was ill We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at the picture on here because the picture on here is sort of the similar picture for the Netflix photo, but that actually kind of looks like dude's hands. I was like, it was misleading. In the Netflix photo, it looked like a chick's hands. We'll get to it because those don't look like dude's hands either. They look like oh, Gollum's hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was directed by Lars Klevberg. Uh, interestingly, I have not seen it. I have no idea if it's any good, but he did the new Child's Play, the 2019 yeah, version. The one that I'm like refusing to watch. I'm holding off. Hopefully it's a two-star. <laughs> uh, because it's uh, like the internet version of Chucky, and I'm not ready to let Wi-Fi go. Wi-Fi Chucky. Yeah, not ready to let go of the old Chucky. Uh, the screenplay was done by Blair Butler. Uh, 
he or she, I don't know if that's a dude or a girl, um, hadn't done anything Going I was with familiar. A woman, I've never met a man named Blair. I don't know, I've met some pretty, uh, I, I've met like a Stacy and stuff that's a dude before. Yeah. I've met some people that have some pretty feminine names <laughs> that are dudes, so... I don't like to judge. Well, Blair, Blair could be a male. I don't want to sex you. you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> Misgender you, not sex you. Either way, I'm not would interested. Would you like to sex Blair? <laughs> Hello, Blair. Blair, call me up. I'd like to sex you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Blair Butler did the screenplay. It is based on Polaroid, and I don't know if that's a book or what. It's a short film. Okay, it's a short film. By Lars Klevberg. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, again, so don't So he's technically write... a writer-director? Technically, yeah. Where he at least conceptualized and then mm. made this. Yeah. I feel bad for him. Well, uh, <laughs> he made that choice, so he gets to live with it. All right. Uh, I don't know what they spent on it. It doesn't have a budget on here. Box office, they made $2.4 though, and that's kind of shocking, actually. Yeah, I dug around looking for a budget. that was This thing apparently was one of those that got passed and passed and passed, and then when the Weinstein scandal hit and they had to sell portions of their company, I think this was one of the films that was under the Weinstein umbrella that they wanted to push out in summer, and then they dropped it around Thanksgiving. Hmm. Well, yeah, it looks like it was distributed by a couple of different people and then also produced by a couple of different people, yeah. so... Those damn Weinsteins. Uh, that one in particular. <laughs> got a long-ass character list here. So, All right. uh, Ready to do it? Let's rock and roll. Our first one is Kathleen. Kathleen? Catherine? Catherine Prescott. <laughs> I was like, that Kathleen. Kathleen. Catherine Prescott. She plays Bird. That's our uh, main character. Uh, I have not seen this, but I thought this was a super fun fact. She was in a TV show. This is a real TV series called Bedlam. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to know what it's about? Is it it's, about the asylum? It's about a haunted insane asylum that they turned into a hotel or apartment complex or something. So apparently there are now people living in the converted Bedlam in this TV show. Okay. So I was like, oh, I got to tell Brett that. <laughs> I have no idea if it's any good or not. It probably sucks. But... Good, I don't know if the original building still... I've already got questions. <laughs> yeah. I've been to I Bethlehem. Like, I have I like, a... Doesn't the building still well, exist? I've got a little Rorschach thingy up, you know, on my wall here. Is it the same building or did they put it in a new building? They definitely put it into a new building. Yeah. They moved it out into the mountains, I believe. Yeah. So maybe the old building is an apartment complex. Yeah. Because we'll I was a little that. sad because I wanted to go to the original building, but I believe it's been demolished. I don't believe the original bedlam well, still stands. Well, they made a TV series. Uh, where it did still stand. But it's now a place where you yeah. can live. Right now it's a state-of-the-art mental hospital. <laughs> and bedlam is an offensive term. So, yeah, uh, I vote we definitely look into that because that probably qualifies for a two-star, but it's a TV show, so I'm we down. can binge it. We can binge the entire TV show. We yeah. can do a whole month of nothing but tearing down. A terrible down. TV show. Yeah. Um, she was also in... We started Cooked Cannabis or some shit last night, some fucking, like, bake show for weed, and I've never had more fun in my life. <laughs> That was probably better than Bethlehem, though. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just saying I could talk about that for the next month. Did you see what they did with the hors d'oeuvres? Uh, the uh, wedding food did actually look really good. It's yeah. the comfort food. And the holiday food. Now I'm just hungry. Might Would watch you? more of it. Um, our next one up is... No, 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 no. Don't skip ahead. Um, Kathleen. 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 <laughs> Catherine. 
was also, which I did not know they still make this, <laughs> in Robot Chicken in 2019. I'm pretty proud of myself for never seeing an episode of Robot Chicken, but being familiar with the concept. You didn't watch it as a kid? No. It's was, such a ridiculous I show. I stopped watching kid shows way too young, and that's why yeah. I am the way I am. They still make it, apparently. She was in it in, like, 2019. I didn't Hell know yeah. it still existed. That's what's up. Go, Robot Chicken, go. Next up is Tyler Young. He plays Connor Bell. Uh, he's the, the, I guess, sort of love interest. He's the dude that uh, Bird's got a crush on that survives till the end. Not yeah. the dude who had a crush on Bird? No, he's no. the dude who survives to the end. Okay, cool. Um, hadn't really done anything I was familiar with. And then you got Samantha Logan. She plays Casey Walters. She is the best friend. She's the girl who I survives. I thought that was boyfriend. Yes. I was like, Samantha and boyfriend. Casey are the boyfriend character? No, that's her best friend, her BFF. Um, she's the girl who survives till the end. I really hesitate to plug this TV show, um, but she was in 13 Reasons Why. I've not seen it, so I can't... It is a real bad misrepresentation of suicide. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm definitely not going to watch it. Uh, Keenan Tracy plays Devin Lane. Uh, he is one part of our couple that dies. He's the boy that dies in the jail. He was in Bates Motel. I didn't recognize him, but I do love that TV show. If you've I've not seen, seen Bates Motel and you're a fan of Hitchcock's Psycho, it's a damn good show. I, I really enjoyed that one. Then you got Priscilla Quintana as Mina Rodriguez. She is the other half of our couple. She's the girl that dies in the ho or in the hospital. Then you got Javier Bote. He plays the entity. Um, I have no further notes on him, nope. but I would be amiss, honestly, in this world, if yet another person of Sons of Anarchy fame did not grace our presence at a two-star. Mitch Peligi, I think is how you say that. He plays Thomas Pembroke. This literal exact actor has been in one of our two stars before because I remember mm -hmm. we had this debate. So he plays the sheriff in this movie. Mm -hmm. As Brett said, he's in Sons of Anarchy. He plays Darby, the head of the white supremacist gang. I remember him from X-Files because he's the like head mm -hmm. of the department that's always like a Mulder and yeah, Scully's like ass. The detective. And I remember we literally had that <laughs> conversation last time. Yeah. yeah. Last time we talked about him, I was like, no, X-Files. And you're like, no, San <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. So I beg to differ. That so what other two star was, was he in? I don't remember, but <laughs> but he was in one of them. Yeah, we've, we've had this conversation before because as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> we talked about this. Then you got Katie Stevens. She plays Avery Bishop. Uh, that's our I qual or I classified her as our mean girl. She's the chick who throws the party and dresses up as the tarot card chick. Davi Santos as Tyler Drew. That's the co-worker that has a crush on her and that tries to kiss her. Um, and gives and, her the death camera. Yeah, gets dead dead. Shauna McDonald as Mrs. Fitcher. A pretty insignificant character in this movie. <laughs> she is Bird's mother. Most of these are pretty insignificant. I don't remember a lot of these. Grace Zabriskie as Lena Sable. That's our creepy-ass old lady. Hell yeah. She was in Armageddon. Huh. The one with Bruce yeah. Willis? Yeah, she's got a, like, really long career. Like, she had done, like, 160-something films. God so. damn. So she's one of those, like, well-established... She's from that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Creepy-ass old lady, though. Rise Bevan. John. As Ronald or Roland Joseph Sable. That's our rapey dad character, who is also <laughs> a ghost. Emily Power is Rebecca Sable. That's our quote-unquote slow daughter. Possibly also a ghost. <laughs> and uh, Madeline Petched. 
as Sarah Dawson. That's the red-headed girl that dies at the very beginning. And Erica Prevost as Linda Vu. And that's the friend who takes her photo and condemns her to God death. damn right. So let's do it. What is our summary there? The beautiful, the effervescent, the badass bitch back from the gym. Fuck if I know. <laughs> so there's a camera. It kills people. Basically. Boom. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, there's a... Haunted camera with a backstory that really doesn't make any sense. That's all convoluted and weird, creepy old people and people die if you take their phone. And plot twists. Yeah. I was uh, trying to figure out kind of where I wanted to take my version of the show notes for this episode. And so I started looking at movies that had like haunted objects. And of course you get, you know, the classics, the fucking ring. Annabelle. Annabelle. Um, And the very last one. This is only going to make Kristen laugh. Deathbed. The bed that eats people. Rape toaster. Rape toaster. It's a Pat Oswald joke. <laughs> we'll have to watch that. It was on the list, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that really is a real movie." Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he would have joked about it. <laughs> that is funny. I read the synopsis on Wikipedia. Is it good? It, it looks like it's going to be awesome, so we need to find it. <laughs> we have to buy it. It'll join the room in our best, worst <laughs> movies ever. <laughs> so where do you want to start? Um, I think because it happens so quickly in, I have got to start with the fact that uh, they basically destroyed what could have been an interesting movie by showing all their cards at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally at the very beginning. We see... The monster, when our very first girl, who isn't relevant to the plot at all, dies yeah. within the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah. And we don't... After a very awkward lingerie shoot. Yeah. And we don't If you gave really... me that picture, I'd be like, who has you kidnapped right now? Why do you look that uncomfortable yeah. taking a sexy photo? Yeah. And, like, we don't really need to see this girl die. Like, we could just see her snatched into the dark corner or whatever. And we don't need to see the monster. And they show both. And the camera. And the camera. Well, I mean... You could show the camera. That sets up the premise. That's the title, I guess. Yeah. But, like, why do we see the quote-unquote boogeyman literally on the first death of an irrelevant character to the rest of the movie? Yeah, it's like what we talk about on here all the time. You know, take the creature feature hint. Watch Jaws. 20 seconds of an hour and a half. That's about all we need. It'll be terrifying. You see this dude so much. Yeah. You don't know if it's a dude. I don't know if it's a chick. I don't know if it's a goblin or bridge troll. I don't know what the fuck this thing is supposed to be. Is it a demon? Is it a resurrected serial killer? But yeah. Is it the tormented spirits of all the victims? Maybe. (laughs) It's an underdeveloped film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just like like initially I was like, okay, I'm kind of there. This is kind of interesting. There is a, a whole belief about if you take a picture of someone you're stealing a part of their yeah. soul so it was like the concept of condemning someone to die because you've taken their photo with this ominous camera is kind of interesting you could kind of play with that but like literally the first character that dies is not remotely important to the story yep. and we show full-on like a weird bag breathing in the closet and then the mm-hmm. monster reaching out and, and grabbing she falls her. through the ceiling yeah, and it's just dumb, and it gets worse. <laughs> well, like, it's effective in... Oh, no. I left you. Wes Craven. Scream? Scream. I almost called it Scary Movie, and I was like, <laughs> if I call it dare. Scary Movie, I'm going to cut my own tongue out. Scream. Like, it's effective there. Was that Drew Barrymore at the beginning of that? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, you get to see Ghostface. It's terrifying. It's right in your face. You know exactly what the fuck he's there to do. He's there to fuck shit up. You know he's going to start with your phone call. She dies a gruesome death in a well-lit room. This one does not happen in a well-lit room. You know? <laughs> but Ghostface is forgiving, too, because they don't try to make it any more complicated than it is. Like, it's a it person. happens... Yeah, well, yeah, two people. Well, it happens Spoiler around alert. Halloween, right? Mm -hmm. And he's wearing a Halloween costume that's just a generic costume you could totally find at the store. And... The creepy thing about the character is not knowing who's behind the mask, not what creature is under yeah. the mask or whatever. It's knowing that there is a sinister person under the mask and you don't know who it is. So do you think it was just like they, you can't do that with a creature feature? And does a supernatural entity like constitute as a creature feature even? Yes. You have I to give so. it kind of the same breadth? I think this does anyway. Mm -hmm. Um because it is very much like a creature in this movie. It is kind of like a goblin almost. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think... I think my problem with it is with creature features, a lot of the time our own fears tend to be more big... Like blown out of proportion and bigger yeah. than anything you could show on screen. Um I remember whenever I was a teenager having this like recurring nightmare because we kind of lived like out in the country of just literal wild wolves attacking mm -hmm. the house and I never ever saw wolves like they had mentioned there were kind of coyotes in the area yeah. or whatever but I never like saw a wolf out in the woods out <laughs> where we were at and I had this recurring nightmare as a kid that wolves were like literally tearing me apart and eating me alive and just the idea that they might be out there was terrifying yeah. to me and I think with creature features, you have to hold off showing as much of the creature for as long as you have. Yeah, let it, it happen be... just off screen. You yeah, know? for it to be effective. I mean, I'm not saying it's never been shown outright and been done well. I mean, you do see uh, all of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, for instance, and they're done very well. And it's like a convincing yeah. movie. But if you don't have the budget to spend on making that thing look immaculate, don't show it. Yeah, hide it. Keep yeah. it in the shadows. Everything in this fucking film is in the shadows except for the goddamn creature. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I think for me that, like, killed it immediately. Like, I, I guess at some point in this movie they would have had to have kind yeah. of shown it's the like creature. I'm not terrified. It looks like Groot. What is going yeah. on here? <laughs> <laughs> I guess at some point in this movie they would have had to have shown the creature because they're trying to establish that it is yeah. the dead father, I guess. Maybe. I don't really know. but um, Or the dead daughter. Yeah. We never figured that out. But I... Like, hold on to that for as long as you can. <laughs> as long as you can. Do not show it. <laughs> and, like, so many of the fucking effects. Like, that was one of the huge issues that I, I had with this, was there was so much promise in the concept, as cliche as the concept is for a horror film. You know, you got a haunted object that's going to do shit. But the same thing with the special effects. How lame was that? We lit the fucking photograph on fire, and now you're bursting into flames. The smoke was awesome. Yeah, and see, that's a, that's another perfect example. Like, the smoke looked really cool, and I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. If we had shown, like, the skin kind of, like, charring going up, like, if it had gotten, like, red and angry looking and, like, mm -hmm. smoky and, like, black and stuff, I would have been like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like, the actual literal fake fire. Yeah. Looks Ripped so... straight out of a Power Rangers fucking So film. dumb. 
So is that how you go about it then? You make it look like it's under the skin, maybe get a little bit of bubbling, but no, like, flame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you don't see the literal burning. Like, she is the photograph. She's not yeah. the thing. Like, she's not the flame. So, yeah, you see the skin boiling, and, like, you see, like, the angry red marks crawling mm -hmm. up her arm as the fire advances. Like, she should be feeling the pain. Yeah, relatively easy to do. Yeah, yeah. but not showing... And that's, yeah, it's going to tie into, I'm going to bounce around. We got two different note sheets here. Um, but it, that particular scene with the fire while we're on that, another huge issue with this film is it's such a cardboard world. Like we've, the what was the last one? Siren that we did um, yeah. where the world was weird, but I loved it. You know, mm -hmm. like I want to spend time in that world. This world is cardboard. It's flat. This kid catches on fire in the middle of the high school cafeteria. Nobody else seems to give a shit. There's yeah, no, no like, guidance counselor. Over. Nobody's The kids are having to save themselves with a fire extinguisher. I went to an American high school. If a fist fight broke out, 50 people were trying to pull it apart. If you caught on fire... <laughs> I know that there was a fire extinguisher, like within access to the students in my cafeteria. I'm sure they had one well, back where the cooks were. that was definitely a fire chief fault, because they're supposed to be. <laughs> well, I'm sure they had one, like, back in the kitchen area where the cooks were, but I don't recall ever just seeing one out yeah. in the open in the cafeteria where I would be, like, consciously aware of it to go grab it. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, mine was a big cement building, and they were in the classrooms that were around the cafeteria, but... That aside, even after that, you know, you leave the cafeteria, you go to the hospital. Where are all the fucking people that work in this hospital? Yeah. <laughs> it's a ghost just being like, I'm taking all the people and distracting them with lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that happens in almost every setting they go to when they're at the yeah. police station. Something's wrong. Hit the panic button that the nurse showed you when you fucking checked in here. Yeah, and, like, when they're at the police station, there's, like... Nobody no in the place for some reason. <laughs> the one chick's doing research at what I thought initially was a library, and then later on, for some reason, she's in the school. Yeah. Um, but it looked like an actual, like, legit library initially when mm -hmm. they set up the location, so that confused me. But, like, again, there's yeah. nobody there. She's suddenly just there, and all the lights are out, and she's like, where'd everybody go? <laughs> yeah. and the police have no protocol. They're just fucking grabbing up minors and being like, I think you murdered your friend. And it's like, <laughs> don't I have the right to an attorney? And where the fuck are my parents? I'm 17. Seriously, where are all the parents <laughs> in this movie, period? Like, we literally see Bird's mom in passing, and I don't know that we meet any other parents. Like, where are all these other teenagers' parents? Like, the girl is in the hospital, and we yeah. don't see her parents. They own $500,000 houses, and we don't know what their parents do for I think, work. Wait, I think he does say her parents are flying in, so I think they do address that. He's like, oh, your parents are grabbing a flight back tonight. But, like, the one kid's in jail. Where are his parents at? Yeah. And then, like, the bitch who throws the party. Where are her parents at? Yeah. Where's Bird's mom the whole time that she's out just gallivanting around town? Why have none of these like, people... like, it's curfew, get your ass home. Why have none of these parents told them the story about, hey, back in the 70s, a teacher at the school you go to is, was a local serial killer, with yeah. big quotation marks. Not a mass murderer, as would be the apropos name for a person who <laughs> does what he did. Kills one group of people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> kills um, three to five in one setting as opposed to a one person who kills three to five on different days. While we're talking about him, um... I'm afraid to bounce, love. Bounce where we bounce. Lack of believable characters. Yeah. Um, I think the one that upsets me the most, there are a lot of characters in here that I'm just like, what the hell? But the one that upsets me the most is the old lady because 
This is a little he said, she said. We never really find out who's telling the mm -hmm. truth. But I think the implication is supposed to be that the dad is the bad guy and he is the ghost. I yeah. I feel like that's the direction they want you Freddy to go. Freddy Krueger-esque. He was raping his own daughter. But the mother helps yeah. him even though he's a ghost. She's like, go take a photo of the last kid he couldn't get because they were going to out my husband for raping my daughter. Like... Why is the mom on yeah. board? It's like, welcome to goddamn Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Can we spend 15 more minutes with this lady? What the fuck yeah. is going on with like, her? <laughs> I don't buy that some random old-ass lady is, like, chill with the fact that her dead husband who is raping her daughter is out killing people for no reason. I'd be like, get that fucking camera away from me. Yeah. Like, that dude's dead. I don't want to have anything yeah, to do I'll with him. I'll stand by it. My last name's not Shaver or whatever the fuck she says, you know. Like, yeah. Nope. Wrong house. Like, why the hell does Good she, luck. like, help his weird ghost ass who was raping her <laughs> own daughter? I don't buy that. There's no explanation for that. We don't establish that she's a sinister person. And if, if she was, like party to letting her husband rape their child when he was yeah. alive why didn't she get arrested yeah well why didn't she get arrested that's a damn good question was the sheriff one of the tormentors or was the sheriff somebody trying to help her out why yeah. did all these rape pictures get passed around the very high school that yeah. this little girl See, and that's another thing. no but, no let's light it up love i'm no, down the beers just no. hit me fuck it let's burn this shit down <laughs> fuck you lester or whatever your name lester. is uh, no because <laughs> Like, Lars. <laughs> Lester. Close enough. Um, no, because the sheriff... I've never met a man I like named Lars or Lester. <laughs> Especially in a child molester film. <laughs> the, the two characters simultaneously side by side make no sense. And again, it's a little he said, she said, because one's like, oh, this is what happened. The other was like... But they're both saying child rape. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. In one instance, supposedly... Our, and it's a Weinstein film. In one instance, supposedly, our group of teenage kids raped this daughter and took photos of her. The dad got mad and, like, avenged Went full-blown Punisher. And, like, yeah. for a minute there, I was like, oh, okay, I could buy that. That's an interesting thought. That wasn't good enough for them. They had to be like, jokes. Jokes. Dad, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Dad's actually a pedophile. He's been raping our daughter. And for some reason, I'm going to help his weird, creepy ass go self-help it. Or <laughs> kill people. Whatever. I don't even know. Self-help pedophilia. Whatever. Am I going to have to name this? The, the fucking it. Polaroid it would be named self-help pedophilia. Okay. <laughs> but, but no. Okay, this is... The tangled webs we weave. Um, so, <laughs> no, this has been bugging me. So, no, go off, love. The other I'm side, for it. the other Post side Jim, to the story. Blue. The other side to the story is that these teenagers were friends with this girl, and they were trying to expose her father as a rapist. But they passed her photos that her father took of her around the high school. Yeah, she brought them to the high school. Like, why didn't they take them to the cops? Exactly. Like, what kind of friends are you that are like, hey, she's getting raped, or she's getting raped, tell everybody. <laughs> and like, again. It's like, I get it, there's no Facebook, but Jesus fucking Christ. Again, what the hell is this old lady doing? Like, she's not <laughs> stopping the rape. She's pro-killing the teenagers. And then... She's never arrested for apparently yeah. being pro-raping her own daughter. She's like, like I... my daughter committed suicide out of shame. But what <laughs> shitty-ass friends? They're like, oh, your dad's raping you. Is We're like, going to tell everybody. Yeah, be better with your friends. It's like, she was my friend. Why did you pass her photos around then? <laughs> yeah, why didn't you pocket you that You grew shit? up to be a cop. Why didn't you go tell a cop? <laughs> and why didn't the How are you the current her? sheriff? You are morally yeah. deficient, sir. Like, seriously. Like, what kind of bitch-ass friends? Like, ha-ha, <laughs> passing your rape photos around. <laughs> like, 
What a jackass! It's just a prank. You're selling them for $10 for 30 minutes of beat-off time. Seriously. What the fuck are you doing, love? <laughs> um, like, why didn't his parents beat his ass? Again, where are the parents Where in this are all movie? the parents in this situation? Oh. This is like the latchkey kid with $1.5 million in his pocket decided to sit down and write, Blair. What are you doing with your life? But on a positive note, um... I learned while watching this movie, it's a good thing I didn't. Um, when I was majoring in college, I started off as a PR major for some reason because I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, Public relations. Yeah. I hate the people. Yeah. I Not you people. You guys are awesome. Uh, I switched some to... Of you. One or two of you is pretty dodgy. <laughs> I switched <laughs> to being a journalism major before I ultimately landed on film. But thank God I didn't do that because apparently all journalists have the exact same personality and I would hate they to do. just be another I, I love the journalism <laughs> trope. <you know? laughs> it's just like, yeah, my dad would be getting to the bottom of this right now. It's like, no, most journalists... Because he's a journalist. Most journalists are just covering a car accident that happened on I-24. <laughs> You're like, yep, the red car hit the blue car and one person got hurt. Yeah, the cops don't give a fuck, but... So he's not an investigative journalist, or you would have grown up hearing about the serial killer in the hometown that you fucking live in. (laughs) The cops don't give a fuck, but don't worry, dead daddy journalists would be getting to the bottom of this. If only you were here. After your jugular vein apparently got severed in an unexplained drunk driving car accident. What does that have to do with the story? Because she wears a scarf, so she's in remission or whatever. But her character is so cardboard why does it matter that her father died or that her father was a journalist she couldn't have been an inquisitive blogger she works at an antique store and she's uh shocked that they brought a rare camera to her and we established (laughs) too that the cop worked the scene of the crime where her dad apparently did a u-turn in the middle of the road when he wasn't supposed to she's like i blame myself i said i don't want to go to the park today so he just flipped a bitch and got us killed by a tractor trailer (laughs) and that's not how a u-turn works if you turn into oncoming traffic passenger side gets hit first dad would be fine you'd be dead but we we established (laughs) for literally no reason that the cop was there that night and then it's not relevant to the whole rest of the story literally the big shining moment where we bring up dad is Dad would be investigating this. I right. should investigate yep. it too. Right now, my father would be knee deep in files. I and just like, never heard of the serial killer before. I'm not a very inquisitive person. I'd make a pretty shit journalist, like, just like Dad, who didn't know that you couldn't just flip a bitch in the middle of a major highway and possibly kill yourself and your daughter. And speaking of pointless asides, um, <laughs> we have a whole whole scene. Where she goes back to the antique shop because she has to go back and get the case. The only thing in the case, the only reason we need the case, the case literally never gets brought back up again, is that she finds a tag labeling it as evidence for the crime. So then they go to the library and they look up the case. She literally... Could have just looked at the newspaper where other journalists better than her dad had probably covered the case and fucking gone, hey, there was a suicide last night. She literally could have... We could have... Does like, she not know about microfiche? We could have like circumvented this by maybe having the tag tucked at the bottom of the photos inside the camera so when she goes to change out the photos, it falls out too. Like, Why do we need to go back to the antique shop to get a case that has nothing to do with the story? Because we need to see so the monster. See tag, so we can go to the library, which is apparently at the school after hours, 
Do they not lock the school? This is what happens when video game developers try to write a fucking movie. <laughs> it's task it's oriented. Bad. You need to go there so you can see the bad guy who apparently lives in the antique store starting today. And close the goddamn camera. <laughs> close the fucking camera. Like we have established so early into the movie, if your picture gets taken, you die. You don't even need a case because you can close the camera. <laughs> you can throw it in the river at the beginning of the film when you realize it's killing your fucking friends. And they walk around the whole time with this camera open. She gets the fucking case and doesn't even put the camera in the case to keep from taking more photos. <laughs> close the fucking camera. It I was... spent an hour yelling at the screen, close the camera. While you were screaming, close the camera, I was on, why doesn't anybody turn on the fucking lights in this goddamn building? <laughs> like, everything that you go into is dark. Okay. And... Okay. Okay. You're going to slow me down? Can we, can we keep going off on the camera? Because I've got some points about this camera yeah, before we go into the while lights. While we're on the dark. While we're on the dark. It was a pretty film. Okay, don't slow me down. Um, so, I've got some notes on the camera. They all involve this picture reality type thing that they're trying to steal from Final Destination. Uh, the one with the roller coaster. The one with the roller coaster. You light the picture on fire, people catch fire. That looked pretty stupid. You stab the picture. That's a hole in a hand. If you're going to the police and you're like, hey, I've got this mysterious camera that hurts people, I would take a picture Watch of the this. sheriff... I'd be like, hey, hold your hand up. I'm going to do to you what I just did to Bill. <laughs> it's not going to feel good. Stab the picture and be like, holy shit, we have a demon camera. Movie solved. I did to some extent. It's dumb. But I liked the way they showed it because it was a little Resident Evil-ish. When the sheriff gets ripped in half, I liked that they didn't yeah. really, really show it. It was like from behind him and he was kind of out of focus and we were more focused on the demon. Yeah. So I will give them that weird special effect. I was like, that's cheesy as fuck. The sheriff just got ripped in half. But it was a little <laughs> like a Resident Evil-ish. Yeah, like, with I the lasers get... and shit. Yeah, I was like, I can get down with the fact that we didn't like show his face literally being torn. It was just like, whoop, there he goes. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> in my last note on the camera, um, the crumple photo twists up the demon, twists up her fingers. We could have just shown her fingers and implied that the demon was being crumpled to death. And then she lights him on this, fire. Yeah, you could have heard the demon screaming in the background while her yeah, fingers and were snapping. You could have done that with practical effects. You could have snapped her fingers and oh, fucking twisted what? them no. all up. Why would you snap somebody's fingers? Because that's what's happening when she's crumbling. She breaks yeah, her fingers. Yeah, you made it sound like they literally just like walked up. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. You don't snap your actress's no, fingers. No, but you could have done it with practical effects. Like you could have had prop <laughs> fingers that you fucking... No, you said it was so aggressive. Like, just have You think I'm director. aggressive? You're yelling at me about have a fucking SX-70. Have the director just walk up to her and be like, one, two, three, snap. <laughs> you that's, got this. That's how fucking Kubrick would have done it. <laughs> My final note on this fucking camera, I don't have any of the exact details. I believe it was an SX-70 uh, fucking Polaroid camera. Doesn't have a lens, I've learned today. So all the... That shit hasn't existed since the 50s. What the fuck are you doing with your lens flares? <laughs> fuck that camera. Uh, we haven't gone off like that since we, we went to a happier model for the show. That was really so fun. So, going back to a happier okay, model. Okay, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> no, um... Kristen's still drinking out of cans. <laughs> oh, I like my Huckets, and they, for some reason, don't have the bottles here anymore. Um, last character thing, though, I just find the lack of actual grief or fear um, really not believable. Like, I feel like a group of teenagers being hunted down by a supernatural yeah. element would be shitting their pants. 
um, <laughs> if your girlfriend... You would at least stop taking pictures after the first person dies. You'd been like, I think that camera's a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah, if your girlfriend, uh, what appeared to the public, hung herself in the hospital, but you knew a demon camera had hung her and you were probably next. With an IV line. For yeah. some reason, she's staying overnight for a third degree burn to yeah. her forearm after they've already treated it and put a cast on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, maybe they were watching for infection. I don't know. But anyway, um, you'd be sobbing in a corner on the floor. You wouldn't just be like, this is your fault. God damn it, Bill. Um, (laughs) So yeah, the lack of grief or fear is uh, pretty astoundingly bad, at least in um, fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Like when the kids are being like attacked and shit, they go to their parents and they're like, I'm so sad. Yeah, they're freaked out. And their parents are like... You should just yeah. sleep. One of them develops like an amphetamine addiction to keep himself awake. Like you get depth to yeah. I've lost everybody. Yeah. I can't I, believe you would compare this to Nightmare on Elm. No, I'm, I'm, you're I'm like, just at saying. least in fucking Nightmare on Elm. I'm just saying. I thought saying. you were going to say Siren. I thought you were going to be like, like fucking the, Siren. The parents are kind of curiously absent in Nightmare yeah. on Elm for how much shit the children are going through as well. But that's on purpose, too, because they burned Freddy yeah. Krueger to yeah. death. But uh, in Nightmare on Elm, the parents are at least mildly concerned. Yeah. And uh, the children are a little shocked. And there's like some actual, like, oh, you're going through some shit. And in this movie, it's like... We might die. We should go to the high school. You know, like, it's dumb. And it's not believable. Nobody's like, I need to call my dad. My dad has a shotgun. That might come in handy when we pull this thing into the fucking room. And they know you can defeat it by some form of light or heat. And they don't carry any form of either around. Yeah, they don't turn the lights on. They're like, this thing can't kill us if it's bright in here. Let's turn up. We were in a high school. Best fluorescent light bulbs in the country are in high school. I would be literal flamethrower. Be like, fuck with me. <laughs> Come at me. Elon Musk is around, bitch. Um, but no, I, I, I have a few positives, I guess. But um, okay. This is my positive bad. Uh, I don't know where we are in our notes. Tropes. We're going okay, to tropes. cool. I've got lists of tropes. So yeah, you give um, me a good, I'll give you why I hate it. This is a trope-heavy movie. Um, I, in my notes, I've called it a workbook for horror tropes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's heavy on the tropes. Uh, and I'll give this a good slash bad, because it's not done effectively in this movie, but it is a pretty shot drop. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty movie. Pretty, pretty shot. For the most part, and a lot of that is, I'm assuming it was shot on a more expensive camera, the quality of the footage is good, and it's very moody lighting through a lot of it, yeah. and if we're being honest, that's a much more cinematic look. Um, it looks like can... a Blink-182 video. It's, it looks better than that. It's not that bad. Um, Stay together for the kids. <laughs> no, it's better than that. Um, but yeah, that is, that is kind of a... A trap you can fall into trying to make your movie look more like a cinematic yeah. film. So if you have a low budget film and you're trying to make it look a little more highly produced, you know, kind of doing this moody, contrasty lighting. So then yeah. your shadows stand out more and your highlights stand out more and it just looks really twilight poppy. <laughs> um, so the movie for the most part is honestly a, a pretty shot film. Mm-hmm. There weren't any individual shots for the most part that I was like, oh, that's a neat shot. There was like one where we were looking down this spiral stairwell for no reason yeah. and it was just kind of this ominous silence. And I was like, well, that's a neat shot, but there's no reason for it to be yeah. there. Um, the bouncing ball. 
Um, <laughs> well, I'm just going to list my little tropes. <laughs> it was a very well done bouncing ball, but Jesus Christ, if that's not the 30th time I've seen yeah. a marble hit a hardwood floor. Yeah, and like... <laughs> there's some cool techniques where they play with the light, where like the kid that dies in the antique shop is fucking around with a projector. But... They relied so heavily, I feel like, on making this a pretty cinematic-looking film that it got to the point where it just wasn't realistic anymore. Like, yeah. your characters aren't hanging out in a diner or in the library or at the police station or any of these other places where they're that dimly lit in real life. Like yeah. Fluorescent lights are in police stations. This so... isn't seven. <laughs> yeah, like, fluorescent lights are in police stations and high schools and shit like that, so it's this gross, sick, green, way over-lit lighting a lot of the time. And then in a diner, like, they're not going to have it so dim that people can't see what the fuck they're eating. Yeah. Like You worked at Vandy. You had the walk-through lights. They lit up as you... I mean, our fucking college had the walk-through yeah. lights. Yeah. yeah, and, like, okay, that was actually kind of creepy because that happened to me after dark. That was uh, going to be one of our early, early, early short films was just... Like the the, the the hall where Kristen and I met as you walked through, if it was late at night, only the next fluorescent light would come on. So it would be like, and then the light behind you would die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it would only trigger with the motion. So, like, I'm not saying that that never happens, but every location that they go to in this movie, even the old lady's house, she literally brings, like, an old gas lamp in with that her was hilarious. to turn the light on. And, like, there's no purpose for it other than it's a neat-looking shot. So, like, it, it gets to the point where it's almost absurd, like... Turn it on. Yeah, and it, it literally gets to the She point. lives in this fucking house that probably costs, you know, a couple of million dollars. She's still got hanging light bulbs in her basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to, like, pull the string to turn the light on. And, like, it gets to the point where it's just laughably unbelievable. Where yeah. It's like, okay, the shot looks pretty, but... This isn't real. Like, you mm -hmm. don't walk out in real life and this is what it looks like. So, it's kind of a heavy detriment to the film. Like, you can't... You can only push people's willingness to, you know, suspend reality so far. And if it's so far outside of the realm of what real life mm -hmm. is, but you're putting it in a real life setting, people aren't going to go that far with you. Like, if we were... Fighting aliens in outer space, I would be a little more willing to suspend my disbelief because we're in outer space. I've You've never established been... the world. Yeah, I've it's never... like the sex club and Siren. It's yeah. weird, but I've never been here before. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a weird setting. It can have its own rules. It can exist in its own time and space. But you put me in a high school. You put me in a diner. You put me in somebody's living room. Like I I've know... been there before. <laughs> yeah, I know these aren't what these settings look like, and this isn't what this world looks like. And to like try to push. Like, that suspension that far when we know that's not true is treating your audience like they're too stupid mm. to, like, recognize that this isn't real. Yeah. And it's frustrating. I fucking agree with you. Yet another possessed antique. I'm going off my tropes list now. <laughs> <laughs> I love antiques. I want your antiques to mean something. Please make it, you know, ambiguous. Make it a little music box with the tiny ballerina. Um, make it a, a beautiful desk. Make it a bed that eats people. <laughs> but for <laughs> the love of God, use man. Make it a camera. I we used the dolls for the dolls. You know they're fucking like fifties model goddamn ceramics. They're still here in the apartment with us. Use I love the whiteboard for brainstorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
brainstorm. <laughs> you know. But no, I love me an antique. Use it. If you're going to do a bad representation of an antique by giving it the... <laughs> fuck off. What's your next trope? <laughs> uh, that the cops always seem to know exactly where to find the person that, that they're looking wild. for. That is wild. That happens in every movie like this. The cops conveniently show up to disrupt the party or the situation or the mood or whatever to tell our main character about an event that's occurred that uh, isn't realistic that the cops would know how to find this person. So our main character very unwillingly goes to a party. I don't think she tells her mother where she's going because we don't yeah. meet her mother until way later in the movie. Because she finds out on a 20-minute notice is giving a costume. So this yeah. was not like a, I planned this Yeah, and event. gets dragged to a party... At a person's house where we've clearly established she's not friends with this person. Mm -hmm. So it's not believable that anyone on a random assumption would be like, that's where she is. But for some reason, when the dude dies in the antique shop, the cops know for sure she's at that house. And they don't bust the party. They don't tell them, hey, you're underage. You can't drink. They're like, we need to talk to Bird. Yep. Bring this me Bird. Dead. Yeah. And like, that's, that's such a ridiculous trope like the cops yeah. aren't all knowing people and simultaneously they don't believe bird when birds like the cameras fucking killing people which is another trope it's like oh wait the, the authority figures are not going to believe the children oh wow who'd have Mind thought fucking blown and he threatens her too if you go out there if you if you go talk to someone who's willing to talk to you i'm gonna throw you in jail it's like it's, that's a I don't hollow think you threat do that. i'd like my attorney and my mom <laughs> yeah talking to an underage kid without the parent too like just absurd bastard ridiculous unnecessary cgi just fucking we've covered that i'm still going through my list as we go here i'm sorry i'm not meaning to step on it uh the jump scares out the ass they're not effective and they all involve running toward the camera there is one, one, I guess technically two maybe, that are in my good-ish. Like, I don't have any really, really good moments, yeah. but I have three that I'm kind of like, oh, that was kind of fun. So, there is a jump scare when they're in the diner where there's a loud crash of dishes being broken. Yeah. And um, that's a little cliche because it is meant to, like, get the audience. We know that. It's not meant to get the um, characters in the movie. It's mm -hmm. meant to scare us. But when they pan over to the waitress, <laughs> and this old bitch is just like, meh. Fuck it, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, but my favorite one of the entire goddamn film, we were like, somebody's going to hit their head on that lamp. <laughs> so the girl who throws the party, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like somebody's going to get beamed. Who hangs a lamp that low? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to be the ghost, though. I didn't think the ghost was like going to comically run Yeah, you thought it, it was going to be like slapstick. No, I didn't think the ghost was going to comically run into it. So uh, the girl who throws the party has this giant mansion for whatever reason and her parents are not home and she lives there alone and has no siblings. How yeah. convenient. Um, and there's a lamp that is just comically way too low. <laughs> like nobody would ever put a it's lamp like at, at that exactly height. exactly five foot five. Yeah. Like nobody. And it's hanging from the ceiling. It's not like. Yeah, it would hit me in the chest. <laughs> yeah. Nobody would hang a lamp this low. She walks in and dings it for fun whenever she's yeah. coming back from, I guess, letting no, we the were last... like, that's coming back later. Yeah, letting the last guest out. Now, what I thought was going to happen was the ghost was going to, like, purposely knock it, and it was going to start, like, ominously swaying, yeah. and we're going to have, like, the light kind of fucking around. Uh, yeah, Brett called it right before it happened. He was like, no, she's going to run into it. <laughs> she comes charging through and smashes her face. Into a lit light bulb. I don't know if it was lit. 
I think it, when it, she hit it, it, it turned, turned on. on, which implies that she's got faulty wiring in yeah. a multi-million dollar home. Yeah. This house gets more and more expensive and the I, more I talk about it. I will give it. them that. I think, if I'm remembering right, while she was laying on the floor trying to regain herself, like it the was sound swaying. was, well, yeah. it was swaying and the sound was kind of off. So we kind of got that sense of like, oh, like I'm a little out of it. Uh, but then the monster, of course, comically drags her out of the light. Original. So. <laughs> Uh. <coughs> so my next trope, besides jump scares, you gotta have a teen party. Of course. Nobody dies at the teen party, though. I mean, I guess technically they get their photo taken, which ultimately kills them, but I am proud of them for that. Yeah. There's no... No death at the party. Yeah, and no bad guy suddenly pops up at the party where the teens are screaming and scrambling away, like in, um... Stitches. <laughs> uh, where the teens are all literally in one room together looking out the window while somebody's getting off. Holy fuck. <laughs> I've been to teenage parties, and the teenage parties I went to were rambunctious, but they mm-hmm. were like five to ten people max, and everybody was hammered by eight o'clock. It was awesome. <laughs> um, my final grope, my final note altogether for this grope. Group. What am I, I looking like, for? I like that that was kind of gripe and trope yep, mixed together. Yep, my final gripe. My final grope. That's what I was shooting for. I've got, I looked at the word trope and tried to say gripe. My <laughs> final <laughs> grope. Brett's final grope. Grope in these tropes. Also, one of Weinstein's. Um, <laughs> is this final destination? Kind of, yeah. Is it that all around. this is? It kind of jumps around. Like a... I like that, though, I guess. Like, you can... The... Main character's the only one who, like, technically gets away from it. Like, it's the only person that, or she's the only person that it attacks and she gets away from it. I like that you can purposely redirect the monster by taking the yeah, photo Yeah, because it again. drags off old boy and then she takes a selfie with it to yeah. get its attention and then like, it I takes a like, picture of it. Yeah, I do like that. It is, um, I think, borrowing a bit heavily from She should have lit the opposite side of that photograph, the one that didn't have her pictures, and just killed that thing fire head first. Yeah. Saved her fingers. Yeah. She's never gonna be able to finger bang again. Well, like whenever the flame went out, though, her fingers were still there. No, she lost her fingers. No, her fingers were still there. Well, that's stupid. Yeah, like they were just charred. They were still there. I thought she lost them. No. Well, mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Even uh, more disappointment. She can continue to char well, finger. It was only her side. pinky and her ring finger anyway. She yeah. still had the other three. So she could bang, bang all she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call it? The yes. lesbian community? Yes, bang, bang. bang. Um, no, I do, like, I do think that's an interesting take on it, that you can purposely redirect your fate. Um, someone can, I guess, choose to sacrifice themselves yeah. or whatever. Like this weird voodoo doll pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very heavy <coughs> Final Destination. I have two more uh, gropes. Hit them up. Gropes about tropes. I got gropes about tropes. <laughs> I'm groping tropes. <laughs> Um, the daddy-daughter plot twist. Uh, how many fucking times do we see that where it's like, oh, poor innocent little girl, daddy was a predator, but also a little girl's like... A little out of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, we, we see that shit in fucking, like, The Ring, for instance. Like, the little girl's like a ghost bad person, but also... Yeah, or no, maybe mom kills her, but either way, Somebody like, parent threw her kills down the her. Well. Yeah, yeah, and, like, we, we see that, like, so often where it's like jokes this whole family's fucked up this is actually the bad guy it's It's what i hated a lot about this fucking thing i'm not going to say hated the most because i hated a lot of other things more than this you know point but um was the double plot twist it's like no you need to put me somewhere in the world i don't know where i am 
fucking you 45 minutes before the end you tell me it's dad then 20 minutes before the end you tell me it might not be dad it might be the sheriff and it's like quit trying to m night Shyamalan on me you have not built a world worthy of this many plot twists and the thing that i think is the shame or like the biggest shame about that is i actually thought that was a compelling concept because they kind of lead you to believe like it's a ghost daughter or whatever um for a good chunk of the movie and then to have this implication that these guys basically or, or this group of teenagers basically raped this mentally challenged teenager and her yeah. father killed them out of rage and um either his spirit is you know trying to finish the job or the daughter's spirit or whatever is kind of a compelling story mm-hmm. because then you do have like this deeper sadder element of you know, it's trying like a benevolent to, monster. Yeah, yeah, like trying, and you know, yeah, maybe killing innocent people along the way, but it's this haunted soul trying to finish this mission out of love slash revenge for someone that it cared about that was hurt. Like, that's a lot more compelling than just daddy was a pedophile and yeah. he likes to fuck people up. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah. And he looks like a bridge troll or yeah. Groot. Yeah, he, he looks like Groot met Gollum. <laughs> um, my last and probably most frustrating trope light it on fire love (laughs) why does the daughter have to be slow why is the victim or bad guy or whatever in so many of these movies mentally challenged like it's not even done in a compelling way like if she had been um a mentally challenged character that these teenagers had lured into you know kind of being Mm -hmm. a friend and hanging out with her and treated her like they wanted to get close to her, and then she didn't understand when they were touching her inappropriately that this wasn't what friendship was. Yeah, because there was a point where she was, like, almost autistic, right? In the film? Or Osbergers? They say she's slow, and that's it. And yeah. the actress that they hired to play her looks like a normal girl. And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there with mental disorders that you can't physically tell, but Certain they do... ones, yeah. <laughs> and they do nothing to establish what it is that's wrong with her and how extreme it is or mm-hmm. anything like that. So then it's just this, like, gimmick where it's like, oh, she's the slow kid. She's and, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, like... It establishes one of your main antagonists as an other that, you know, either I have to... I can't relate to it. You're making fun of it yeah. simultaneously. As people with mental disorders. Um, I'm tired of that shit and i can't believe that this is a year old like where the fuck are we as a country you know and i can only speak for america as you can tell by my dumbass voice um we watch so many of these and it's like oh he was schizophrenic so he was capable of yeah. all this horrific where's the hero i would like to see for a horror film the schizophrenic hero and it's like oh you guys are just now yeah. hearing the voice from god <laughs> and like, I would have taken. I, I'm frustrated that we see that often. That kind of like split, you know, where like he has multiple personality disorder, and it's like I relate to him because he's a child at points, he's an angry mother at points, he's the yeah. devil at points, you know. Yeah, I'm like I, I'm frustrated in general that like these ghost or demon or whatever characters are often labeled as being. Um, messed up in some way mentally like that Mm -hmm. that bugs me that that's a thing that we often go back to but i would have forgiven this movie at the very least if the bare minimum they were willing to do was that our uh original victim was quote unquote slow that's the phrase that they use and that's why i keep saying that that's a kind of 
What the fuck does that even mean? It's before kind of retarded. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck does that even mean? That's yeah. such a generic, like, lazy-ass Forrest way. Gump slow? Yeah. Does like, she have Down syndrome, and you don't know how to express that? Yeah. <laughs> or Asperger's, or autism? Like, what does she have? Like, that's such like a lazy... Is she differently abled?-ass <laughs> way of describing this character. But at the very least, if we were going to have, like I said, a quote-unquote slow character be our victim who kind of is the origin of the story, like, why would you not then stick to this original story? These teenage kids... Raped this Befriend this girl that isn't quite, you know, mentally developed enough to understand that they're taking advantage of her. And maybe she's prettier, you know, maybe she's a very attractive quote-unquote slow girl and maybe these boys do rape her and take inappropriate photos of her and maybe they pass these photos around and that's fucking funny to them and she doesn't have anything but asperger's and so she only feels love and doesn't get why people are yeah but then you justify this level of rage that this father has that not only did these people defile his daughter they defiled his daughter who wasn't capable of you know, standing up for herself or knowing the difference. And if we have this daughter who's so ashamed and so hurt and so mm-hmm. broken that she does kill herself, which seems kind of extreme again, but you know, if not we, under those circumstances, well, I'm just saying as far as <laughs> horror tropes go, like she, she hung herself. Yeah. Like in the street on a it's, street pole, I guess. I don't know 20, what the hell she hung 2019 herself from. guns are very, very <laughs> available, <laughs> but, but we have this, girl that's been traumatized who isn't at a mental capacity to cope with that trauma so then she kills herself so then we have this double level of rage from the father figure where it's like that was my little girl my only child and my child that couldn't understand what you were doing to her and you broke her and you destroyed her and so then he goes on this killing rampage where he tortures these people and we have a justification for how much harm he wants to cause to them and if the cops kill him before he completes his mission i mean it's kind of cheesy him falling in the developing water and dying with the camera in his hand but as far as serial killers go it makes sense because serial killers who are missionary murderers are carrying out a mission normally it's like i'm trying to fix the world of prostitution so they kill 30 prostitutes but in this in this dying in the dark room literally falling in the water that was that was lame as shit Um, but but as far as him being a missionary killer he would be killed by the cops before you know like or that's what it would take to cut off the mission is all i'm trying to say but i mean i I don't think i would have killed him in the dark room if you had to kill him in the dark room if that was the best idea you had whatever but at least there's a justification to this rage that this character has so then we have this ghost that's haunting this camera that's just wanting to avenge his daughter so he kills all these teen characters that he views as just a harm to his daughter and there's a justification for this evil spirit. And when he ultimately either does or doesn't kill the sheriff, whatever, like we have this like resolution to the story where it's not just, oh, we burned the photo, you know, like yeah. how, how do you miss something like that obvious is <laughs> like what kills me is like. The level of rage a parent would feel in that story. I don't even have kids. The level of the rage The level of that, rage I feel just thinking about that. Yeah. Like if I had a daughter who was... Handicapped. Handicapped. And, and she got raped, her picture got passed around, and then she hung herself. Yeah. I would burn the fucking yeah. school down. Like the yeah. level of legitimate, like understandable rage that a character would feel. And then you don't have to fucking trick your audience. Like then you have this character who's like... 
I'm confused. I think the spirit's evil. It's killing all my friends. But when they realize, like, we have to finish this, you have that satisfaction of, bye, Sheriff, you're done. Yep. Good luck. And, like, I, I don't know... And then it could have just stopped. The, the demon could have just gone to bed. And then she could have tossed the camera. She didn't need a standoff. It could have been between the demon and the cop. Yeah. Like, I... I don't get how that isn't so glaringly obvious, like, the more compelling story. Like, at the heart of all stories is the actual internal human struggle that we all feel. So, whether it's a space story or, you know, a fantasy story, whatever. Like, if even if it's set in an entirely different world that is completely separate from the real lives that we live, like, the heart of all stories is literally, like... I mean, I, I don't want to strip it down to that simple, but that hero's journey of I have these tasks mm-hmm. I have to overcome and these hardships that I have to overcome. And most humans on a very basic level feel similar emotions and can sympathize on some level with, you know, trauma, even if they've never experienced it. So... Well, everybody does. Yeah. Like, I just, like, go with the actual sincere emotion. <laughs> Ugh. Fuck this movie. What a waste. I mean, we talked about it for about as long as it went on for, so it wasn't a waste lot. It was a beautiful, beautiful episode. I do have one Oh, hit it. Quote. Light it no, on it's, fire. It's, it's not a bad. Um, one single quote. Uh, it's irrelevant to the entire... Is this maybe the only thing you like about this movie outside of the way it was shot? Basically. Uh, <laughs> it's irrelevant to the entire movie, so it feels really fucking ridiculous that they did it. But, um... I believe it's Casey. For the sake of diversity. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it's Casey. I'm pretty sure it's the girl that lives to the end. Um, that's her best friend. Uh, we established at the beginning of the movie very subtly that this character is gay. And uh, I like the way that we do it, even though it has nothing to do with the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It is basically diversity for the sake of diversity. But um, Bird asks Casey uh, if her mom and her are doing any better. And Casey's like, yeah, she's still not talking to me. She told me she'd pray on it. Yeah. And I knew almost immediately this character's was a lesbian, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was pretty clear to me. But in case, you know, it wasn't obvious enough, they didn't have her be this flaming, like, oh, I'm a butch, yeah. you know, dyke into butch dykes or whatever. Like, it wasn't, like, a ridiculous notion. It was this, you know, very normal-looking teenage girl, and the only time we address it, she sits down on the couch, makes some comment about a dude looking good in his yeah, swim trunks. Talking about his ass and asses and yeah. ass. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> birds like you don't even like guys and it's such a throwaway like casual comment that like felt natural the kind of conversation you would have with your lesbian friend yeah and i like really like shut up you hate dick yeah because i feel like in a lot of um low budget horror films it's usually a gay male character but the gay male character is so flamingly gay that it's annoying because i know a lot of gay character or gay people that aren't that way so, My brother is a homosexual. And I talks would like not, a lawyer. Would not like the way he dresses and all that. Would not like. Immediately. He dresses gay as fuck. Oh, His shoes are gay. Whatever. <laughs> he dresses well and he he styles. His as hair in they're well. owned by a gay man. And not I'm just in a derogatory way. <laughs> I'm just saying that like that's a real thing you can have in the real world. Characters who are bisexual yeah. or you know straight up into the same sex or whatever but you don't need to head it over the head yeah Yeah. aren't blatantly in your face about it and like i don't know why we bring it up at all because it's not relevant to the whole rest of the movie she's not got a crush on our main character or anything crazy which would have been better because that would have developed some sort of emotional edge 
Yeah. But I liked the way they subtly nodded at it because it felt more real and more natural. Didn't really matter to the movie, but... Fuck it. <laughs> Ready, eat, love? Yeah. I'm going to go cook dinner for my beautiful wife. Love you. Love you. I'm really proud of you. This was a really good episode. This I'm, was a I'm, mean episode. It, it feels so good, though. I don't get to do this often <laughs> enough. Like we should yeah. Once a month, can we have a fuck no. this and fuck what you stand for? No. It was a pretty movie. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen's pretty shot. Um, if you guys have any follow-up comments, especially if you worked on this piece of shit and you want to try to defend yourself, you can shoot us an email over at... Uh, or you can swing on over to YouTube.com slash Kristen Bloom, where you can see all of Kristen's earlier work, or YouTube.com slash... Where you can see Happy Birthday. You can see the dolls. You can see Brainstorm. <laughs> Or you can swing on over to Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Or Instagram. At Nightmare Box Productions. Or long ago defunct Twitter. At, <laughs> at Nightmare Box Pro. I tweet sometimes. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get better at it. I'm not good at it either. Um, or you can go to our website at... The Nightmare Box Uh Where you can read the scripts. You can see the movies, including Brainstorm. And uh, you can see some behind-the-scenes pictures. Uh, you can see a couple of stories I wrote a year ago that I need to update as well. I'll get better at it, team. I promise I'll get better at it. The world's ending. It's not my fault. Do we have anything else? I think that's everything. That's everything? You ready to go eat, love? Yeah. I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. And we will talk to you on Saturday. More groups for tropes. Groups for tropes. <laughs> <laughs> Might do a whole episode on tropes. We'd know what you guys wanted to hear if you'd fucking email us. Love you. <laughs>